Welcome everybody to Radio Free Tote Bag, episode 21. My name is Arthur. My name is Donovan. And I smell great. Like a foot, like a foot's anus. <laughs> I smell like... What'd you do? I mowed the lawn. I did lawn mowing. I did lawn care today. That's always a good combination, because then you get like the nasty fucking outdoor sweat combined uh-huh. with like the sweet smell of grass clippings. And gasoline. Which is great. Oh, oh I could, how can I fucking forget that? Man, yeah. That's a real symphony of uh, of uh, smells there. Yeah. I uh, I went to the store to purchase beer after uh, mowing the lawn and uh, realized the uh, degree to which my odor was uh, escaping my immediate sphere when the uh, cashier came up to check my ID and was uh, visibly knocked back by my... <laughs> <laughs> she like, walked up and her face changed and I was like, hello. Oh, God. Just a little wince. Did she say anything, or was it just like a, eh? No, she was cool about it, but, like, I could tell. That's sweet. That's sweet of her. Yeah, true. It was very nice. Well, I just smell like cat on account of pickle has been very, uh, very loving this morning and has wiped her face on me God knows how many times now. But now she's sitting over there in the corner staring at me. That's, That's what they do. They do. Out there supporting. And we did get a question box question. Hell yeah. Probably thanks to Pickle's post last week, or uh, <laughs> last night. So she promised she would be out during this episode at some point. We'll uh, we'll see if that happens. We'll see if she's a, a cat of her word. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't, I'll just edit in, very obviously edit in, <laughs> a foreign cat meow. Oh, there we go. Or I could just, just say meow. Yeah. I'll be like, yep, that, that's her. <laughs> Perfect. Dude, she has she has the Instagram account. She has the cat Instagram account, and like likes my posts and stuff. Mm. And I had somebody be like, "Are like, are, are you just running your own cat's account and like talking to yourself?" And like, surprisingly, no. You know, I would have made one, but my sister jumped on making a cat Instagram account, oh. and I was like, oh, "Okay, I want to post something." She's like, "Oh, I, I can't remember the password." Great. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so you completely control Pickle's Instagram. So it is like interacting with, you know, another person. I like to pretend that it is actually her, but in reality it's my password hoarding sister Annie. <laughs> I have a friend who um who tags his cat in things. His cat has a oh, Facebook man. account and he tags the cat. Like pictures of the cat or like he's just out at the bar and like wishing you were here like at <laughs> sc- scruffles. No, it'll be like uh like a cat meme or something and he'll uh he'll like <laughs> He'll tag Ivy. It's great. Check this out, Picky. That cat looks just like you. That's a good move. Yeah. I think, like, the best way to run, like, a pet Instagram account would just be, like, respond meow to everything. Like, tag Mm -hmm. him in there. And then Mm -hmm. just, like, Picky bless. Meow. Hiss. (laughs) Hiss. Fucking speaking of hissing, except for not coming from her, coming coming from me, Mm -hmm. uh... She's developed a horrible behavior this week. She's been assaulting my couch, as cats do, for like the past month. Uh-huh. She goes under it, and she like lays on her back and runs upside down like along the bottom of the couch. Like that rules. Claws into it. I love that move. And she, she finally has defeated the couch and torn a cat-sized hole in the bottom. And so I can't find her the other day. I'm like looking around and stuff, checking her usual spots. And I look under there, and I see that there's a lump dangling like from the bottom of the liner of the couch and she's crawled into the fucking couch oh my god and i like cannot fish her out because she's like way back in there and uh 
oh god, and it's like some it's like a couch from China. I don't know, man. God knows what toxic substances could potentially be lurking in there. So I like tried luring her out with tweets or treats. Tweets. Treats. Yeah, you yeah. tagged her in tweets. <laughs> make her come out and check the Instagram. Man, that doesn't fucking work. I had to like spray her with the with the water sprayer, which I've been trying to do to get her away from the couch anyways. And she's just completely unfazed at this point. Like She's become a fucking super water immune cat. Mm. And now her secret cat lair is inside the couch like fucking Danny DeVito and it's always sunny. <laughs> You're fucked now. Yeah, that's that's not ideal. So I've tried to tape over it, but she seems to already be breaking down that barrier. So yeah. we'll we'll see what happens. Now that she knows there's a secret place to be uh inside that couch, there is no uh there's no getting her out of there, I don't think. No, dude, there's fucking not. It's the, it's the cat dimension. Like, we, we humans cannot answer. <laughs> it's important uh, to have a safe space. That's what she's got under my bed. I've got a little, like, thing set up, and she's got a little scratch thing under there. I don't know why it had to be, why there had to be another one inside of the fucking furniture. Yeah, that's pretty raw. Anyways. Well, sir, are you ready to help some motherfuckers? I am. I am. And Pickle is standing by, hopefully ready to meow with them. We will see what happens. <laughs> uh, my wife, 40F, spends hours in the bathroom, leaving me feeling very lonely, 35M. I need to get this off my chest. Apologies if it comes off as a whine. We have one toddler who my wife looks after as a full-time mum. We don't have any family locally and a small network of friends. We've been together for 10 years, married for four. I don't get home until around 7.30 p.m. at the earliest, more often than not after 8 p.m., sometimes much later due to my commute and evening uh, commitments. I have multiple jobs to afford living here. I don't have many friends, and my wife is my only real friend in this city. Belch. Because, <laughs> because she is exhausted caring for a demanding toddler, she will often put our, uh, often put our child to bed by 8.30 p.m., and then go into the bathroom for me time, where she will easily spend anywhere from one to three hours using oils, bathing, etc., usually emerging after midnight. This starts after I arrive home, which often means I eat dinner alone and then sit on the sofa browsing Reddit or watching TV. By midnight, I am exhausted. So is she. Our sex life suffers as either side of period slash pre-period up to two weeks. There is often little to no contact, little conversation. I don't know what that means. Like her menstrual period, like you don't talk. Like. You don't talk for two weeks throughout <laughs> her period. That's weird. Jesus Christ! For the remaining two weeks of the month, we have we may have uh, sex a few times, which is often amazing, but leaves me wondering why we can't be like this closeness, playful, happier more often. I've suggested childminders, nannies, etc. We can't afford more than a few hours a week, and my wife is now waiting for my toddler to start part-time nursery two hours a day before she will contemplate getting a job. I've tried to work from home, but I don't get anything done, and inevitably, a petty fight breaks out about something which, in hindsight, is trivial. I feel like we're drifting apart. The few times I've suggested we spend more time together in the evenings, meaning less me time, has predictably been met with anger and accusations of not caring about how hard she works. It's taking a toll on us both, and I'm afraid we will crash out of this marriage and wonder why we let it happen. And that was posted by Crashing Out 2018. Fuck, man. That's rough. Hours in the bathroom. Yeah. I I get that uh, as somebody who's got anxiety, uh-huh. where especially after work or, like, doing any stressful task, you get kind of overwhelmed with the sense of just, like, I, I need to get away from all people. 
Yeah. You know, but you know, when you're, when you're single, that's obviously not such a big deal. Cause you know, you're spending when you're home, it's just you, mm-hmm. it becomes a big deal. Uh, when you have somebody else, especially in this situation where you have that limited time together, uh, that why, like why you need kind of that decompression from the anxiety of the day that can then, you know, clearly as it's doing here, uh, put kind of a barrier between you yeah. and, uh, you know, clearly make your partner look, feel kind of overlooked. Uh, but at the same time, I'm sure it's frustrating for them because like they, they're kind of needing that time at this point because they're so stressed out. Absolutely. Uh, he brought up trying to, you know, do something together in the evening, which was going to be my suggestion. Uh, but the fact that, you know, she responded not well to that, uh, and their age here too, this seems like kind of a situation where counseling would be in order because it, yeah. it, it just seems like their, their communication is, is not going too well. And there's, there's so many barriers between trying to get that communication set up that I don't, I don't see that just happening. Yeah. We're going to have to kick you up to support level two. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't, we don't feel qualified at this desk. Um, She's got to she got to get them oils on her for three hours. That seems like a lot of time. No, that is a long time, man. But again, like you know, you're burned out after a day and all that. Oh, yeah. it, at least for me, I feel like I got like a bottle of social energy, and when that fucker runs out, and it's like the end of the day, like I, I got I got nothing. And like even if I was, you know, spending time with somebody, oftentimes it would take like a considerable amount of effort to like actually be kind of present with them and not be just kind of in your own head or, or burnt out. I agree 100%. Uh, so that's, you know, addressing that anxiety is kind of the, is kind of the big thing here. And then maybe, you know, finding some way where you can spend t- time together without feeling that social drain. Cause I feel like all the conflict they have going to then any time together, that's going to be kind of the undertone there mm-hmm. and that's going to make you feel drained. Yeah. So I feel working that out through counseling would, you know, potentially knock out that uncomfortable undercurrent and, uh, you know, maybe make this all right. Yeah. Without intending to downplay what you're going through, at least you have intimacy a few times a month, which is more than other couples you've learned toddlers. Is there some compromise you can work out? For one, saying you would like to have dinner together at, uh, at the very least and maybe a 15-minute cuddle on the sofa, frame it less about her spending three hours alone recharging, instead frame it more about wanting to spend a bit more quality time together, missing her, and wanting to keep a level of compassion and connection in the marriage, says Flem Donuts. <laughs> Thanks, Flem Donuts. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's good, too. And not to frame it as putting pressure or uh, uh, kind of antagonizing her for wanting to spend time alone. Right. But that sucks, man, especially having to work fucking multiple jobs and, like, you know, handle having kids. Like, that's just an all-around shitty situation. Mm-hmm. And then she yeah. disappears to the to the fucking uh, the oil dome. <laughs> but it's, I don't know, man. It's it's a long amount of time, but that's, it's understandable. That's so much goddamn stress. When I read this headline, I desperately wanted to be, my wife has horrifying IBS and spends hours <laughs> in the bathroom leaving me alone. Feeling I miss very lonely. so much. <laughs> I just hear pained groans coming out from behind the door. <laughs> That's yeah, what I wanted. Too. But this works, me too. too. Yeah. Well, I hope they're able to work this out, man. Yeah, dog. I want Crashing Out 2018 to be together in 2019. 
Oh, dude, here's what you can do too. You get uh, you get two bathtubs like those fucking Cialis commercials, oh. and then she can have her alone time and oil time in one bathtub, and you can like browse Reddit and uh, have IBS in the other toilet or the other <laughs> bathtub. <laughs> This commercial I guess would be the great toilet really two, is the second bathtub. If it was two toilets next to each other, that would be a very interesting commercial as well. Yeah. <laughs> Hold hands while we're uh, while we're shitting. <laughs> I always like that they're like holding hands between the bathtubs. I yeah. never fucking I never put that together, man. That would hurt your fucking shoulder, I think. Yeah, dude. My erections are so potent these days that we have enough money to buy a second bathtub, and uh, we just reach <laughs> over the fucking wall. And uh, touch each other a little bit. Speak, Cialis. Speak, <laughs> speaking of Cialis, I uh, I overheard my dad on the phone the other day. Uh, he gets a call from some. He picks up the caller ID and he goes, "Oh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska." Okay. And he answers the phone, and a couple minutes later, I overhear him talking about medications he's on. And I'm like, "That's fucking weird." Like he didn't recognize the phone number. And now he's talking about medications with him. <laughs> a little later on, I ask him, "Like, so what was with that call from Omaha?" And he goes, "Oh, it was boner pills." They, they fucking s- call you on the phone about boner pills? Yeah. They want to send me a free sample. <laughs> and, then All I, right. and then I, uh, and then, you know, I got to just pay for the subscription after that. Is it legal? Don't you have to get I, a prescription for those? I don't know, man. Damn. There's, Damn. there's a, a, a service called Hims, which is a cloud pharmacy, which I don't know what the fuck that means. It sounds illegal as shit, <laughs> but uh, it's for like male enhancement products. Nice, dude. Cloud pharmacy is what I call the uh, the vape shop, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was also just picturing like this boner pill calls. Oh wait, here here comes the cloud. Cotton. There we go. There's the cloud pharmacy. I'm also picturing these boner pill calls as just like somebody you answer the phone and they're just like, "Want make penis bigger? <laughs> yeah, it's the Alice Viagra, big dick." subscribe and then like they just read out a sketchy fucking url over the phone whoa jesus christ pickle what did she do oh she got fucking caught in the headphones cable and like almost ripped them off my head wow what are you doing oh now she's blinking at me and being sweet do you want to meow for the folks at home or do you just want to keep in do you want to do you want to fucking meow pickle come on no she wants to loaf on the floor and pretend she's uh disinterested she's gonna loaf up Fuck, that, that scared me, dude. I did not fucking yeah. feel her running around, and all of a sudden, my headphones are just being yanked off my goddamn dome. Could have been a ghost. It could have been. All right, we ready for this next one? I am ready for this next one. All right. <clears throat> uh, that throat clear is actually written to the question. I wanted to clarify that. <laughs> my boyfriend, 29M, gets very frustrated at me, 22F, when we go rock climbing. <laughs> rock climbing. <laughs> Arthur hates rock climbing. We met about a year ago <laughs> and have been in a relationship for about eight months. We met through a shared passion, rock climbing. <laughs> I fucking told you. I fucking told you. Everything has been really great so far. He is kind and considerate, and we love spending time together. We have been on a few overnight trips climbing so far and generally spend most of our time together climbing. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also do other things together. We both like to go out to eat, go for walks, and play board games with friends. It has been really amazing to find someone who understands my passion for climbing and wants to do it as much as I do. We have had some downright amazing trips together. One thing that's starting to bother me, though, is how frustrated he gets at me when we climb together. He is a stronger climber than me. 
both because he's been climbing longer than I have and because he is much stronger physically. Sometimes it feels like he expects me to get magically as skilled and as strong as him when we were out climbing together. He tends to get frustrated when I can't pull a move that he got and will yell up technique at me as I am trying to climb. This generally makes me feel pretty bad, like he thinks I'm dense or not trying hard. He will say something obvious in an annoyed tone like, Just hold the rock this way and push up with your feet. He will be yelling and shouting at me when he says this stuff because I am up pretty high on the cliff and he is at the base. I know part of the yelling is because I am far away, but I hate being yelled at, and he does use a very frustrated, annoyed tone as well. An example was the other night when we went climbing in a local spot after work. We knew that we didn't have a lot of time, so we both brought headlamps in case it got dark before we hiked back to the car. We decided to try an 11D, a climbing grade that is fairly difficult but not advanced, with about an hour left before the sunset. He climbed at first and fell twice at the two hardest parts of the climb, but but got he but he succeeded. Jesus Christ, this writing, dude. But got he succeeded. But got but he I'm just he but he succeeded on each part on the second try. Okay, I then gave it a try on lead. We both lead every sport and trad climb. You're just getting into the lingo here on relationships, yeah, dude. I love it. I got the first hard part, the crux, fairly easily, but was struggling a lot on the second crux. I took several falls trying to get this move before he started to yell up technique at me. I was fairly high on the route, and he was on the ground belaying, so he was shouting. I kept trying, but couldn't get the move. He started things like, come on, you've got to try hard. Come on, user Magaroon, let's go, in an impatient tone. It made me feel even worse, and it was hard to control my emotions. I eventually pulled the move while tearing up and finished the climb so we could collect our gear from the climb and hike out as it was getting dark. When I got down, he said that it's frustrating for him to watch me hesitate and try the same thing over and over again. I get that the sun was setting and we had to get out of there, but I was truly trying my best. It pretty much ruined the day of climbing for me. I feel like he is lacking some amount of empathy and patience. He knows I don't climb as strong as him, yet we try the same climbs. It seems like he should know that I'm going to struggle more than he is and might not always be able to climb the same moves he can. I don't know how to make him understand that I am trying my best and that yelling at me while I am climbing is just ruining the experience for me. I understand that it can be frustrating for him. I have always felt the same way when climbing with partners that are not as good as me, but I never vocalize it. But I always try my best, and I don't think there is anything else I can do. Climbing can be very scary, too, especially when we are traditional climbing, placing removable gear that will catch you if you fall, and I just wish he was more understanding. Fuck, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. TLDR, my boyfriend gets really annoyed when I can't climb as hard as he can and will yell up at me when I'm climbing. This makes me feel like he thinks I am stupid or not trying as hard as he can, as hard as I can. I hate being yelled at. Posted by Magaroon. Hmm. I mean, you're you're the expert here on the on rock climbing. I I have literally this exact same experience. Oh yeah, uh, with a friend of mine. Yeah, which is you know different than I'm sure being in a relationship and having to deal with all that. But uh, I think some people doing shit like this because it's it's a it's a stressful thing. Like it's more than just like a strenuous activity in general. Like you're doing this problem solving thing, and then you're also like trying to manage this rope so your partner doesn't fucking die, and. Uh, I think when some people get like heated up and stressed about that, it can make it irritable. 
And when you're like in the heat of the moment or whatever, I, I think that for some people that can make you just get kind of short with the person, uh, like you're belaying. And, uh, so I had this with a friend and I got to the point where it was just like, I'm, I'm not like even having fun right now because obviously when somebody's fucking yelling at you, like you can't think straight, you know, or do, or do your damn, uh, your damn thing. So I think all you can do is, you know, express that to him, which it sounds like she's kind of tried to. But uh, ultimately, like, this comes down to your boyfriend, like, getting a little more self-awareness about this and being more mindful about, you know, how how they're treating you. Because it can also be like, you you know, you talk about this out of the moment and you're not heated and you're like, oh, yeah, totally, like, my bad. But then it just kind of happens again when you get back in there because some people are just like that. Yeah. I have a similar experience with with MOBAs, multiplayer online battle arenas, where... You're trying to be encouraging to somebody and give them like sound advice, but uh, yeah, in the heat of the moment, it comes off uh, it comes off dickish. No, exactly, because that's like fast paced too, and so when yeah. that's happening, you don't have time to like, and you're amped up. You don't have time to really consider, you know, how how your tone is coming off. Yeah, I often um, what I used to describe it as is solving a Rubik's cube in a blender. <laughs> Let blue side solve the take the blue side. <laughs> you're trying to like grab a Ruby's cube out of a blender yeah nah man that's that's an extremely good description and I think for most people like like obviously this is gonna fuck with your focus so all you can do is communicate that to your partner and uh you know stress that this is like an important big thing and it's making you pissed at them afterwards too yeah. like because again, I I think you're just in a different state of mind, and and sometimes that doesn't transfer over once you're out of the heat of the moment. Right, absolutely. Um, and I think part of it might also be understanding that this is coming from coming from a good place from him. I think, like he's trying to encourage you to do your best. Uh, he's trying to offer you advice on how to get through routes. Um. So I, there's there's going to be some compromise here. Like he's going to have to come off the tone a little bit, and you're going to have to take the advice in the spirit in which it was given. No, exactly. Just be a little accepting of you know they're not trying to be an asshole. Yeah, it's that's way hard, easier said than done. It's pretty oh, fucking definitely. difficult, especially when you're fucking you know fifty feet up on a goddamn wall yeah. trying to you know hang on to some tiny little rocks. Yeah, fuck that. It's a little update: therapist shit. of therapist of pentacles therapist of tentacles therapist of pentacles says have you talked to him yet about his actions make you feel when you go climbing together and uh, OP says I've made a few comments when I get down from a climb the most recent climb I told him that it didn't help when he yelled at technique advice because I don't like being yelled at he did apologize and try to kiss me mm. but he also said that it was frustrating for him to watch me try the same things and fail over and over again why would you try the same thing if it's not working he does occasionally get frustrated with other things I do, like if I forgot something or if I take a wrong turn when driving. He won't yell in these situations, but will use a frustrated tone that I don't like. I'm a very sensitive person, so if I pick up that tone of voice, it really bothers me. Mm. I feel like that's just another kind of mismatch where, you know, you get some people who get a little too into the analytical mindset, and, you know, they're not identifying with, like, the stress that somebody's going through that, like, makes you try the same thing over and over again. So right. to them, it's just like, oh, like, obviously they should stop doing this. But it, it isn't fucking obvious when you're stressed out and people are yelling at you. Yeah. And it's also, like, 
oh, it didn't work the first time. Maybe I fucked it up. I'm going to try it again, see if I can get it better oh, yeah. this time. Exactly, exactly. I think I think dude just needs to gain a little self-awareness about that, too. Yeah. I used to be the guy with the annoyed turn of voice when my SO would miss a turn because she would consistently miss the same turn to our home from the grocery store. So this was a trip that we would make <laughs> all the time. And she would fucking like just miss the turn and go and have to go down a block, and oh, it's not God. a big deal at all. But we would totally like we'd be like I started out being like, "Hey, you're gonna you're gonna make this left up here," and she'd be like, "Yes," like she'd be like <laughs> she'd get upset with me, and then eventually I just stopped reminding her, and then she'd pass it, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Shut the fuck up," because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what you want to hear when you miss it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that is fucking frustrating though. Yeah, you know, and you're just for fuck's sake. Just it's but. the left. It's the left. We live, we live on 14th. So at 13th, before. you take the left. You've done this before. Uh, you just gotta have that empathy, though. You know, yeah. I get pretty fucking bad ADD, so I've definitely, I've definitely done some stupid shit like that. Yeah, a calm, you know, uh, you know, don't make sure you make it. It's going to do better than you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> Even if you fucking idiot, it might be justified. True. True, true. All right. Let's get off these. Uh, let's climb down from these mountains. Let's rappel down uh, into the next question. How about that? <laughs> into question caverns. Uh, I don't know what to do about my 25 bipolar girlfriend, 21. Belch. We've been together eight months, and most of it has been pretty good, but I just don't know what to do anymore. The last month has been outrageously stressful. And it's taken a toll on us both. Between lots of people visiting us all at once, a heat wave that sent her and another friend to the ER, a surprise pregnancy and miscarriage all at once, and her suddenly losing her job for having to call out sick for being in the ER, things aren't feeling good right now. That's not even everything that's happened. It's been a seriously... It has seriously been a terrible month full of stress and disaster completely out of our control. The last month has had one thing or another happen to add more and more stress on her shoulders... And now it's spiraled into her falling into a manic episode. She's seeing her psychiatrist today and a therapist in a few weeks, but she really needed them weeks ago, but they aren't able to drop everything and see her when she needs to see them immediately. She has very little confidence in her psychiatrist visit since she's been on all the medications they have for her condition and nothing has worked out. But I'm really hoping they have something they can do to help. I've been doing my best to support her however I can, but she cannot slash will not take the time to handle her stress and it's making everything worse. Her episodes are getting more extreme, and she's making more and more impulsive decisions that she later regrets, but has no control over in the moment, since she has no coping mechanisms for her manic episodes. What I need help with is how I can support her through this without taking it, taking on a role as her therapist or parent trying to tell her what to do, while at the same time not burning myself out and avoiding any self-care for myself. I haven't had any time to process any of the last four to five weeks, because all my time is set to take care of her, and the last two times she wasn't around, she first had her surprise miscarriage, and last time she had a meltdown and made more bad decisions, including stealing money from her step-parent to buy lots of stuff on Amazon. I just can't be the person in her life constantly telling her to calm down, to have patience, and that stealing is wrong. I care about this person, and she is great when her head is in the right place, but I'm worried that I'm... That if I'm the one always reminding her not to do things, she is going to push back against me in a place where she isn't thinking clearly. She hasn't stolen from me or cheated on me, but can I really trust her uh, not to if her episodes keep getting worse and worse? 
She has a job she is really hopeful about getting, but she is putting her whole heart on getting it, and I'm really scared that if she doesn't, it'll mean she'll have a meltdown and just keep spiraling. It might even stop looking for work altogether. I hope this makes a little sense. I'm now at a point where I'm not thinking very clearly either. Can anyone who has someone they love with mental illness give me any advice? TLDR, how to support my partner through a rough time without burning myself out or leading her to resent me. Posted by Fairy Cross. Whew. Hold on a second. I've been holding on to Pickle for that question because mm-hmm. uh, that was a doozy. I'm putting her back down. <laughs> you needed an emotional support animal? <laughs> uh, so this is this is so fucking frustrating. Yeah. Because it's you know, it's not only her dealing with this, but you've got the added complication that you have to find that balance of you want to be there for and support them, but you also can't, you know, go over the top with that to the point that it's stretching you thin. Right. You know, possibly making them rely on you and uh, you know, impacting your own mental health there. So Absolutely. I, it's a matter, I guess, of finding what that point is. Um, but this is a fucking extreme situation. True. And, you know, when it comes down to it, it's it's not on you to fix this. And I think you, you need to establish that thought and feeling first so you don't end up sitting there uh, judging yourself and, you know, becoming stressed because you're not good enough, because you're not trying hard enough. You, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give your girlfriend, Fairy Cross, the advice that my therapist gave me when I'm having a manic episode. Uh, First thing you do is you give your credit card to somebody that you trust. You just remove that from your possession so that you can't make any outrageous purchases. Um, And then she needs to isolate herself and stay away from people for the duration of the episode. Um, if you're, if she's in a situation where she has to be out in public, she should, uh, just keep this mantra running in your mind. Shut the fuck up (laughs) is what my therapist told me. She's like, cause you're just gonna, you're going to ramble and you're going to just not make a whole lot of sense. And you're just going to talk and talk and talk and talk. And you're going to feed your own mania through that process. So just, uh, say you've got to go to work, go to work and shut the fuck up. (laughs) Um, and, uh, just spend as much time as you can, uh, isolated from the situations where you could cause yourself damage. Um, the fucking stealing from her step parent to buy shit on Amazon. That's, that's really something. Yeah. That's, that's a big, you know, red, red fucking flag there. Yeah. And, uh, I hate to say it. Um, but if your girlfriend is not appropriately managing her mental illness, you might have to, you know, you hear him, right? Unfortunately. Because it sucks. It sucks really bad that uh, she has an illness that might prevent her from effectively maintaining relationships. Um, like, the best you can do is encourage her to stick with therapy and uh, seek professional uh, assistance with this issue, but uh, if she's unwilling to do that, you might have to bounce. I think I think that's the big thing there is is the willingness because I don't think something like this is insurmountable, even though this is a particularly rough mental illness situation. Yeah, 
but they they need to be putting in the work too. It can't be you literally handing everything about this because that's horribly codependent and just is never going to work. They're, they're not going to get any better uh, if you're the only person keeping them together. True. I would. Uh, I don't know how to broach that to them necessarily with all of this going on. Um, but I guess in a moment of calm, you know, when not having an episode, I would attempt to make some sort of plan for them, you know, just beginning things. I guess she's got the therapy appointment set up. Um, but also establishing expectations. Like she, she mentioned, she's got all this writing on a job mm-hmm. that she's hopeful of getting. And if she doesn't get it, you know, it's going to be bad times and she's going to spiral yeah. down. And, uh, just in general, you, you can't have that attitude in a job search, let alone one with all of this around it. So I would I would get her in a place where she's not got everything riding on that. You're looking at other jobs. Maybe get across what you can do while she's having this episodes. And like you were saying, Arthur, like what things she can be doing uh, to cope with that. Because he mentions no no coping mechanisms. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you need can't those. just That's have... Like, <laughs> yeah. That's like thing one... Um... When I got uh, in with my therapist, that was like the first thing we talked about was how to cope with um, with manic episodes. Exactly. That's just that's just fucking base level. I think therapy for most for most mental disorders. And if you haven't even made that step, I think I'm I'm with you that this is uh, probably not going to pan out. Yeah. Um, definitely horns worthy. Um, if you're just over the moon about her, and you got to stick it out, just be ready for. Um, ready for this to come back because it does you know it's like uh mental illness is never something that can be cured it's only something that can be treated exactly so uh this is going to be around for a long time so you know fucking strap in um and it's it's really on her to keep it manageable and just and to to be there for when she's having issues is really just to validate her feelings and um help her point herself in the right direction it's not on you to uh it's not on you to cure anything or to treat anything you know exactly i think that i think that's the mindset and like the healthy role you can be in here but the the ultimate burden on this is she needs to be being proactive about this yeah uh otherwise it's certainly not going to work out in a relationship absolutely true i wish you all the best fairy cross i hope that uh things work out for you and i hope that your uh hope your lady gets the treatment she needs yeah, man. Maybe we can keep an eye on an update for this, because that, uh... Eesh. That does suck. Yeah. Well, let's, uh... Let's move out of this one, and, uh... Possibly lighten the mood. I haven't read this question box question yet, but we do have a question box question this week. Woo-hoo! Pickles Mouse, we're successful. She's, uh, curled up on the bed right now. It looks like she's knocking some shit all over the place. Her, her meow so, vow. Maybe, her... maybe we'll get a... <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get that vowed meow. Uh, as we always say, we have the anonymous question box. You can find the link uh, in the bio of our Instagram. Uh, I had a post pinned on our main site, but it seems to have gone away. I'm going to try Weird. to fix that. Or uh, check our Facebook page. Or, uh, you know, well, I think we post it pretty sporadically on our personal yeah. social media and on the, uh, on the uh, Instagram. Anyways, you go there, you can submit your question. It's completely anonymous. You don't need an account or anything. And we will read it on the show, even if it's about jerking off into tornadoes. <laughs> Especially if it's about jerking off into tornadoes. <laughs> but this one is not. And uh, here we go. 
My wife and I were elated to find out we are going to have a daughter. Hey! Congratulations. We decided to discuss names last week and gave ourselves three days to prepare our ideas. I spent a ton of time on this and even put together a presentation with each name and the reasons I liked them. I chose some important family names and some special names from literature and the arts, all of which I think would be beautiful. My wife showed up with a few names scribbled on the back of a grocery list as if she hardly even cared. (laughs) Also, her ideas were trashy misspelled names like Lauren with the Y and Bethany spelled a pretty heinous way. An 18th century president's name like Madison, Tyler and Taylor and Polk. I was so so disappointed in my wife for not taking this seriously, as I feel it is very important. Honestly, this episode has me questioning the foundation of our relationship, let alone raising a child together. Jesus. Obviously, I can't just leave now because I am committed to the child, but how can my wife and I get past this major red flag in our relationship? I have tried to discuss it with her, and she doesn't even think she has done anything wrong, so we're at a major impasse. Hmm. And posted by Anonymous. Okay. I think she got to let you name the kid then. <laughs> yeah. like, like, if she doesn't care and you're super invested, you just have to put your foot down and be like, I'm naming the kids. That's just what's going to happen. If this is how you're going to treat it, we're naming. The, I'm naming the kids. Exactly. And then if she has, you know, if she has an issue with that, I think maybe she'd put a little more thought in it. Exactly. Uh, uh, come back, uh, on the come back hand, with a presentation. I need a PowerPoint. Like, yeah. <laughs> On, on the other hand, though, you know, don't, you're calling your fucking wife's trashy, misspelled names. Yeah, that's pretty. And, uh, that's pretty shitty. As you're questioning the foundation of a relationship, I, I'd maybe you know take it a little easier because uh, this is it's your fucking wife. Like, I, I get that this would be frustrating, but you know, people do people half-ass shit for all sorts of reasons. I know this is an important thing, but you know. Also, sometimes a simple task like this, like picking a name, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't, you know, some people aren't going to go and research and like think out their process. They're just kind of picking, you know, names that they like. Right. Not necessarily the best way, but, you know, it, you got to, I don't think that makes somebody a bad person. So I, I think with you, Arthur, that it sounds like it's more important to you. So I would try to, you know, just say, I, this is important to me. I've put this time into it. I'd really like to name our kid here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can name the, the next one and then just never get her pregnant again. <laughs> there you go. Good strategy. <laughs> but I, I think that just this having a question, the foundation of a relationship when you're, when you're about to have a child seems that, a bit dramatic a red, to me. Yeah. That's a red flag from, from you. And, uh, I, you know, talk this out if you need to, but you, you gotta, you gotta take it a little easier on something like this. Cause if choosing a name becomes a huge, uh, problematic, questioning the foundation issue here then like how are you going to deal with all of the issues that are going to come up when you raise this child true true that i don't mean to i don't mean to rag on you anonymous question asker you're clearly a fan of the show and we really appreciate you listening but um yeah it does seem a bit dramatic i am on your team though i like a well-researched uh important family name uh so I just I just don't think the foundation is shaken. And what's and what's wrong with Lauren with a Y? Lauren Hill is a Lauren with a Y. <laughs> yeah, man. And Polk. <laughs> Polk's a little weird. That is that is strange. For the first name Polk. Polk Air. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be the name of my child. Polk, Polk Air. Air. 
Polkate. <laughs> Polk Bram. There you go. Polk Bram. I'm going to name my kid fun... Pol Polk. There you go. Like pork. Polk Polk. It does have a nice, you know, percussive single syllable sound to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway, really take, fuck take... up it. Really fuck up anybody saying their name on mic. Get, get some plosives. Oh, yeah. That's, I love that word. Plosives. Because it it's is a good a plosive. Um, yeah, again, not to rag on you. Just, just take it a little easier on them. And, you know, maybe get your communication up that this is something that bothers you. Because you're, you're going to have to deal with a lot more of this. True debt. All right. Well, out of the uh, question box and back into the fire. What do we got next? Friend zone. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> the friend zone? Yeah, friend zone. That's going to sound really good with reverb on it, I think. That is so, so <laughs> wild. <laughs> uh, my 29F. Oh, yeah. By the way, this is the friend zone, the uh, segment of the show where we deal with a non-romantic question. Uh, here we go. My 29F friend, 33F, is always late. I'm at a restaurant. And it's been almost an hour since I've gotten here. Should I just leave? So while I sit here in embarrassment as the server continually asks me if I want a refill, I thought I'd make a post. Oh, that was just a little burp this time. I've known my friend since birth. She's actually my cousin. Being late isn't a new thing. It's habitual. And I always make sure to confirm times with her and let her choose times to meet up. Last time we met, we were taking our kids to the park. She was over an hour late. She texted me about 10 minutes after she was supposed to be there, saying she would be a little bit late, but that she was on her way. I was already there with my son waiting. Then she texted me almost half an hour later saying she went home because she forgot her phone. But she texted me saying she was on her way. In any case, she was an hour and 10 minutes late that day, but our kids eventually got to play together. The time before that, we invited her over to dinner. I told her we would eat at 530 and try to be there at five. She arrived with her kids at almost seven. My kid goes to bed at 7 p.m. and the food was all cold by the time she got there. It was already in the oven, so I didn't want to overcook it. The time before that, she was about an hour and a half late, didn't have the kids with her, didn't have an excuse. I scheduled a time to meet her for lunch with our grandmother. I was in between appointments, and we agreed to meet at the restaurant at 12 noon. She arrived with my grandmother at 1230. I had to rush through my meal and take it to go. I asked why they were so late to my grandmother, and they just said my cousin was taking her sweet time getting ready and picked my grandmother up late. Now it's been 55 minutes since we were supposed to meet, and she texted me saying, five minutes away, 15 minutes ago. Should I just ask for the bill and leave? I'm getting kind of sick of it. TLDR, friend always late, lies about when she will arrive or how long she will be. I am always on time or five minutes early for everything, and I'm getting really sick of waiting. There are, like, 500 edits to this, and I, I want to read every single one of them. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Edit. I left the restaurant. As I was driving home, I received three phone calls from her, which I didn't answer because I was driving. One text said, where in the restaurant are you? <laughs> the timestamp on the text is one hour and 12 minutes from when we agreed to meet. I'm back home now. Not sure how to respond to her. Edit two. She's texted me about four times. One asking where I am. The next saying she's leaving the restaurant. The next saying she's sorry. And the last telling me I'm rude. I'm waiting a while to respond, but part of me thinks I won't respond at all. I don't know what to say, and I usually like to wait until I'm not so mad before trying to enter into a conversation where I have to be confrontational. I'm a fairly tolerant person and don't run into these situations very often. People usually respect me because I respect them. Edit 3. 
I responded to her and said, Hey, I waited exactly an hour for you to show up and you never did. You said you were five minutes away, 23 minutes before I left, and we had a time to meet. You were also an hour late and left us at the park in a heat wave last week. You were an half an hour late for lunch two weeks ago after I told you I only had a certain amount of time and rearranged my day to see Grandma. I'm sorry if you think I was rude for leaving, but after being there an hour, the server actually told me she wouldn't wait any longer either. I don't think I was the rude one, as I didn't leave you sitting alone in a restaurant for over an hour waiting for you. It's very disrespectful. I can see five or ten minutes late, but to always be an hour late and then a text and say five minutes away when it's not true just to keep me sitting there waiting is unfair. I won't be waiting for you longer than ten minutes anymore. I won't tell the kids we are meeting your kids in case we need to leave. It's important that I teach them how to respect others and be respected being on time. She responded with, There was an accident, and I was stuck behind it after I texted you. Before that, I got carried away on my hair. (laughs) She lives five minutes from the restaurant. There was no accident as I drove away as I was leaving. There's also no way she could possibly get stuck because she lives in an area with many, many routes and could have used a detour. She lives in an urban area with many, many side streets. If she was stuck in an accident, I would have passed it on the way back home, and that was posted by Gambabes. 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 Fuck, that's frustrating. Yeah. By the way, five minutes, uh, I'm five minutes away from like a notoriously late person, uh, which I have been, uh, means that you're about to leave your apartment, which actually means that you think you have everything together, and then you're going to go out, and then you're going to remember you forgot something, you're going to go back in, and then like you forgot something else that you got to get set up, and then you're going to get down to your car, and like then you're going to leave. So five minutes is more like you're leaving in 15 minutes. Right, right. <clears throat> oh god that's frustrating though I think here's, I, uh, here's the move I think this is the move always tell her an hour earlier than it is yeah we're gonna meet there at 4 you're gonna show up at 5 and she'll show up at 5 too sweet we did it <laughs> it's not a bad strategy I have I have literally I've been this person I think I'm getting better at it but mm-hmm. uh I've fucking hardcore been this person because I've got, you know, pretty fucking severe diagnosed ADD. Sure. And as, as the late person, uh, what you got to do is like literally just be fucking present and keep checking on the time and paying attention to what you're doing because it's easy just to kind of, you know, get distracted and fucking go on autopilot doing shit that doesn't matter. And then you actually get the drive to go and you need to leave in 15 minutes, but you're still in your fucking underwear in bed. And so then you panic, and then you have a bad fucking time, and you upset your friends, and it's all around shitty. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got to be fucking mindful of that stuff, and you need to learn a lesson from this. And so I think it's good that her friend was direct and, like, this was shitty of you. Yeah, put her foot Because down. that's the sort of thing that gives somebody a kick in the butt to actually get it together. Yeah. Because uh, it also, as that person, like, it, it's a difference. I don't think guy's ever as bad as like being late for a fucking dinner. That's a pretty extreme case when there's like an on the dot thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as that person, because that just seems so normal to you, if you keep doing it, you know, if you get no feedback from the other person, it's easy to just think like, Oh yeah, this is, this is just normal. This is the way that it is. Like, yeah, everybody does the same thing, uh, but <laughs> not but true. Don't and get some goddamn self-awareness. You have to actively work on that to make a difference. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I'm usually the early one. And in fact, we've run into this with recordings from time to time. We've been like, two o'clock. And you're like, okay, I'll be there. And it's like 2.05. And you're like, I'll be there in 10. 
and then it was 15 <laughs> minutes after that and i'm not mad about it but um that is that does happen and i'm i uh i'm the kind of guy that like i'll get antsy when it's time to go and i'll just fucking leave early like oh, i'll just go i'll just get there and wait is usually how i am yeah i guess you i don't know what happened i don't know where that comes from but i uh I definitely have a streak of of being early. I I think I'll do that for interviews. Or like if sure. there's a set time, I'm pretty good at like doing this. But if something's flexible, like recording or like meeting up with somebody to get a drink or something, oftentimes you're just like I'm feeling kind of like feeling kind of off. I don't know if this is the same way for other people, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling kind of off, and I'm like kind of trying to get myself level and like ready to go. Particularly for something like this, where like. I want to be on it for recording. Yeah, I feel that. But obviously it becomes a problem, you know, if there is, like, this is the fucking set time. And even in general, because it's an irritating thing to do to people, uh, to to kind of run late like that. I think it's best to, like, be aware that that's going to happen and attempt to set that up beforehand. Like, literally start getting ready an hour before, even if, quote-unquote, it's going to take you five minutes to get ready when you think about it. Because, you know, shit comes up and sometimes you... you takes more time to get ready and just you, you want to give yourself that buffer yeah she got hung up on her hair got carried away on her hair yeah <laughs> for an hour uh, i mean that's an extreme case but i can just i can i can picture that situation where like yeah. you're getting fucking anxious about it. Like, it just doesn't look when like really your hair is not as important as you know not being a fucking late for dinner yeah yeah, yeah. totally so, yeah. I, say, I say this as somebody actively working on it, but you you got to put the time in on uh, trying to change that habit, or the more that you do it, it's just going to reinforce that habit. Yeah, I think Gambabes uh, had the right idea leaving. I think she did the right thing, and I think in future she's going to be there on time. I think closer so too. to it, or she's going to try. Exactly. That's that's a kick in the pants that you know your friend seems to need. Hell yeah. Well. uh... Speaking of time, I think it's time for this next question. Okay. Which I have not opened. Here we, here we go. Okay. Oh, Jesus. It's this one. <laughs> oh, Buckle in, listeners. Buckle in. It's going to get weird. Just found out that the girl I, M21, am semi-dating, F18, willingly tortured a man. <laughs> what the hell now? So I have this girl I've been semi-dating, semi-seeing for about six months. We hang out often, write cute messages and stuff. We both have our demons, so I haven't really judged her for hers. I know she hangs out with drug dealers and used to have problems with drugs a few years back, but that I can somewhat deal with. However, she confided that when hanging out with some of her not-so-reputable friends, she was involved in torturing a guy that had made her friends angry with the cutting and all. Oh, God. Not forced or coerced, she joined in voluntarily. I knew she had a violent streak, but the fact that she did this with no guilt or remorse for it, describing it in graphic detail and even appearing to enjoy herself is pure nightmare fuel. She also has a collection of weapons, including rifles and handguns. Jesus. What the hell am I going to do? I want to be there for her since she's been nothing but nice to me so far, and I seem to have made her mellow out a bit, but I have no idea how to go on now that I know what she is capable of. I'm not scared for myself, at least not yet, but who knows what the hell she'll do if I piss her off. I know it sounds like a goddamn movie plot, but it is 110% real, and I am scared shitless. 
TLDR, girl I am semi-dating, confessed to have brutally tortured a guy with some friends a few years ago. Advice, please. And that was posted by Scared Throwaway. <laughs> one, two, two, one, three. Okay. So she tortured a guy. I'm going to have to assume that it was drug-related. And she's hanging out with these drug dealers, and somebody stiffed them on a deal or something, and they had to, you know, tune them up a little bit. <laughs> tune them up. <laughs> um... You know, fuck, that, I guess that shit happens. I don't know. <laughs> like, okay, we are not the worst thing we've ever done. A human being is not just the worst thing they've ever done. There are a whole bunch of other stuff, too. Um, So, I... Uh, like, I want to say just stick it out and see what happens, but you could end up fucking getting reservoir dogged. Yeah, dude, you could end up getting your goddamn ear chopped off. Yeah. Uh... I'm going to say this. <clears throat> Run! <laughs> yeah. And even appearing to enjoy herself, like, as she's describing this. <laughs> so we, like, cut off his fucking ear and, like, doused him in gasoline, <laughs> and we were going to set him on fire, but then um, Tim Roth shot me. <laughs> <laughs> but then my lighter burned out, and I couldn't even get the gasoline blazing. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I, I feel you that, you know, people aren't the worst thing they've ever done. People change. It sounds like she went through a rough streak. Yeah. Uh, but, like, if you're not prepared to, you know, potentially get cut, uh, it doesn't reflect fucking well on somebody's personality. No. And especially if her tone, if that's what he's saying, if her tone in describing this was like, that was a great time. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a points to a small character flaw. Known as, uh, you know, potentially fucking sociopathic sadism. Psychopathy, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. Fucking feel this out. Maybe, you know, talk to her if you don't think she's going to fucking pull a gun on you if you do. Uh, and people do change, you know, and people do some weird shit when, you know, they're in a fucking drug-induced wormhole. But, uh, yeah, if she's not recognizing that, you know, this was something wrong or showing no guilt or remorse, then I'm going to say, like, she maybe hasn't changed a whole lot Entirely or at possible. the very least is uh you know a little a little emotionally and empathetically lacking sure broken paw quotes i want to be there for her since she's been nothing but nice to me so far at the risk of invoking godwin's law hitler was by all accounts quite charming and nice to be nice to the guests at the dinner parties he held in short the fact that someone has been nice to you is not a measure of their character how they are with people they have power over is a measure of their character Leave. We are known by the company we keep. Fucking accurate, broken paw. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm on board. You gotta get out. <laughs> ah, she was so sweet until she started fucking committing genocide. <laughs> All right. Okay, so I think we did that one. Um, let's see. Uh, we can speed round this last one. All right. You reading this one for the speed round? Oh, yeah. My 35F boyfriend, 31M, just told me that he sort of regrets asking me out. I'm devastated. My BF and I have been casually dating for a year. He asked us, he asked to make us official May 2nd. There are a variety of things that were present in that year for both of us that made dating a challenge, and it was all wrong timing. We knew it, did it anyway, fell in love. My boyfriend let it slip yesterday that he now feels ready for a relationship and sees a future with me. I asked what he meant since he officially asked me out in May. He panicked and didn't want to go, didn't want to get into a fight, but I pressed on. 
Turns out when he asked me out in May, it was out of fear that I was going to get scooped up by someone else. And he didn't, and he wanted to quote, lock me down so no one else could have me. But he had doubts at the time, not doubts about me as a person, but things like, uh, I don't want kids. He did. He also had some baggage with his ex up until April or May that just sort of, that just sorted itself out. He swears he's ready now and did a lot of thinking in the past two months. I think he moved on too quickly and didn't deal with his previous relationship properly. So that's great. Now I'm insecure. Uh, Now I question if he feels like he's settling. Now I wonder if he actually sees a future or if he's completely selfish and doesn't want anyone else to have me while he figures his shit out. Am I a rebound, etc.? It's created so much doubt on my end now. Edit. There's an edit here. To add uh, to some of those issues mentioned over the year involve trust and honesty, but we have worked slash are working through those. Second edit, thank you all so much for your comments. It's given me a lot to think about perspectives I didn't think of TLDR. My boyfriend told me he asked me out too quickly to be his girlfriend two months ago, but he says he's ready now, and I have uh, big doubts about his true feelings posted by It's Not Me, It's You, 34. Yeah, your doubts are fucking valid. Holy shit. (laughs) He wanted to lock me down. So Owen gets scooped up. I can kind of see it. Like, uh, there's a girl, you kind of got your eye on her. It's like, damn, she's cute. Then she breaks up with her boyfriend, and you're like, she's not going to be on the market for long. If I'm going to get a chance here, i got to take my shot, even though I'm not in a great place. I I feel you kind of with that mentality, but I feel like if you're somebody who's going to bring this up... (laughs) You don't talk about it. You don't mention it. Yeah, why the fuck are you telling her about this? Yeah. That's just, you're just planting the seed of some big fucking insecurity. Yeah, you and, just uh, you leave that shit in the back pocket. Like you never, you never fucking admit to that. Exactly, exactly. I don't. Yeah, I do feel you. You like somebody a lot. You know, you're afraid you're not going to have a chance. But yeah. uh, I don't know. It just it strikes me as a little, a little dicey, and particularly that he's he's telling her that you got to be just like your country, young, scrappy, and hungry, and don't throw away your shot. Oh God. Oh, fucking Hamilton, dude. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> I've still never seen it. I don't know. I've never seen it, but I know the words to every fucking song in that musical because <sighs> my dad listened to nothing. My entire family, but mostly my dad, no music except for the Hamilton soundtrack for like a year. Like Yikes. Like two years. So I've I've basically seen the entire thing. Damn. But like we'd, we'd be driving around and like we're listening to fucking Alexander Hamilton. And I'm like... I don't know, man. When I drive around, how do you listen to this? Like, when yeah. I'm driving around, I want something that kind of fits my mood. And how is your mood all the time? Like, I feel like a fucking founding father. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's my Hamilton tangent. Okay. I hadn't thought about it in a while, though, so that's some traumatic memories. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, okay, so your insecurities are totally founded in reality. Um I think that you stick around and see what happens. I think this is just a see what happens situation. I'm I'm with you too. I'd be a little, you know, wary about this, but if, you know, if he's being honest, well, it is weird if this kind of, this does pan out and this doesn't end up pointing to seem larger personality flaws with him, uh, you know, then, then maybe it could work out. I mean, I guess it was only, what did they say? Two, two months? No, no, no. He says this after a year. Yeah, casually dating for a year, asked to make it official in May. Uh, God, there's such a weird fucking great casually dating. Like, it sounds like she assumed they've been in a relationship this entire time. Wow. 
uh, Radio Free Tote Bag predates their official relationship. We're older than someone's relationship now. Holy shit. That's cool to think about. That is, dude. That is. We're like a we're like an older sibling. We're like a grizzled elder around <laughs> since the dawn of time. That's us. Watching your casual relationship become an official ask out. <laughs> right. Fuck. Okay. Just hang in there, see what happens. I don't think uh I don't think it's that big a sin that he committed. He just definitely shouldn't have fucking told you about it. Because it's some shit that predates your relationship and really ain't got shit to do with you. You know what I mean? Boom. Like uh he was like, oh, fuck, she's like, okay, she's single right now, and I, she's cute, and fuck, all right, I gotta go for it, I'm I'm in a bad place, but, like, you know, if I give it roll too long, dice. she's gonna, yeah, roll those relationship dice. All right, yeah, I think it's kind of weird, but I'm, I'm with you, stick it out and see what happens, just, you know, be, be mindful that that may be a, a orange flag of potential <laughs> red flags to come. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Our intro music is the song hanging on by the band Nowhere. You can find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com. That completely lost rhythm somewhere in the middle. I think I went to like I think I went to like five four for a couple measures. <laughs> it did its math rock. You're fucking just changing things up. <laughs> yep. I thought it was good. Thanks. And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hayfellows. Who you can find at thehayfellows.com or Instagram.com slash thehayfellows. They also have some songs on Spotify to search the Hayfellows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I dig it. Uh, Patreon's still outro. going. Yeah, it was a great outro. Uh, Patreon's still going on. Uh, send us 10 bucks. Donald will put a picture on the wall. Send us 25 bucks and a Snuggie. And our previous guest, Betsy, will wear it. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> it's great. Oh, God. I've been quoting. I was quoting that one to Chelsea. Oh, fucking week. Oh, onesie. <laughs> onesie. Fuck, Kevin. <laughs> good good times. Great times. Great country. Um, my name has been Arthur. My name has been Donovan. And this has been a great show. It's been great having you with us. And we can't wait for next week. Thanks. Bye. Mwah. I, I like that as the outro. I think we just leave that. <laughs> That's sudden and good. <laughs>